0: There are reports of a major air disaster over Scotland. Shortly after 7 o'clock this evening, a Pan Am Boeing 747, bound for New York from London Heathrow, broke up in mid-air and plunged onto the small town of Lockerbie, about 15 miles north of the Scottish border. Neither the cause of the crash nor the full extent of casualties is yet known, but it's feared that none of those on board have survived.
1: When I heard of the crash, my first thought is, are there survivors? And then I learned that, or I sort of didn't learn, but surmised that if the plane had blown up in midair, it would have fallen roughly 30,000 feet, and the chances of any survivors would be slim. I then called his office, which is staffed on a a 24-hour basis. He works for Bain & Company, an international management consulting firm. And I spoke to the man on reception, and uh, he and I talked, and I asked him very specifically if he had any information about Peter's flight movements. His secretary, Peter's secretary, phoned in at the same time, and the man at, at reception was saying, Mr. Dix cannot be on the plane. I'm holding his tickets here. I can't read exactly what the flight number is. What does it say? It doesn't say, oh, it says Pan Am Flight 103. His secretary then phoned me and said that Peter had changed his flight at the last moment and that his new tickets had not arrived before he'd had to leave for the airport. He had probably been reissued new tickets at Heathrow. And then I began the vigil of waiting because both of us travel a lot for work and and for pleasure. And we have a, a family policy of always phoning the minute we arrive, no matter what the time of night is. And Peter should have phoned me at about 3.30 that morning. I tried to get information from Pan Am, and colleagues of Peter had gone to the airport, to the crisis center that had been set up. They tried to get information. I then phoned a friend of mine who's a news, radio news broadcaster in London, and she phoned a friend in New York works for a news organization there and they got into the pan-am computer and saw that peter had been issued a boarding pass i still didn't believe it i felt well he could have had the boarding pass but not gotten on the plane and it wasn't really until four o'clock past at which time he would have been in new york and gotten to his hotel room and gotten the message that I'd left for him there to phone home that I began to accept that that he was on the plane.
2: Ball.
3: Dublin in late September 1973 as a foreign student, and I knew absolutely no one. And about two weeks later, Hillary term began. And on the first day of the first term, at the first lecture, I met Peter. It was a Hegel lecture. We were both philosophy students, or as it is called at Trinity at that time, Students of Mental and Moral Science.
4: Peter was the eldest. He was nearly three years older than I am. And uh, after me was Pamela and very much the, the baby of the family is Dermot, who was actually ten years younger than Peter. The first time I heard of Elizabeth's existence was not even by name, but when Peter was driving me back to school after Sunday exeat, and he said to me he wanted to stop in Ranelagh to see an American girl. He ran in, left me sitting in the car just for a few moments and came back out again and I subsequently met Elizabeth.
3: Uh, well, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been willing to be very clear about exactly why I came to Ireland aged 20. I grew up in New England in the state of Rhode Island and my family are Irish, and I was curious about, well, about all of Europe, but curious about Ireland. And there was this film that was showing when I was a teenager called Ryan's Daughter, a very romantic film that showed the wild Irish countryside and passions of politics and love and I became even more interested in Ireland after having seen that film with my father and wrote away and applied to Trinity College, Dublin. I
5: have a recollection of a very small person dressed in black, rather waif-like, coming to the house um, and being with Peter in a very quiet sort of way. We lived in a house in Malahide, so Elizabeth would come out on the bus to see Peter and stay or go back again. I think it was it it's always difficult for a sister to meet a brother's girlfriends. Um perhaps I was even slightly irritated by the fact that there was this girl in his
3: life. We were married in 1981 in New York. I think Peter knew well from very early on that that he says from the first moments that that I was the one for him. And I knew from very early on that Peter was an important person, but was much too um, analytic to uh, own up to anything like uh, love or the possibility of marriage. Indeed, I don't think any of us, either of us thought much about marriage in those days.
2: The whole sky lit up completely with uh, just a red flash. And from that, there was a, a ball of fire went, what, 300 feet in the air and then mushroomed out. We thought it
6: was a nuclear explosion, but obviously it wasn't. It was this almighty bang. My son and I were in the house, so I said, get down. And the, the whole sky lit up. And uh, I realised it was a plane. But uh, there was debris falling everywhere, and the, I thought the whole roof was going to cave in on us at the time. But looked out the back window, and all I could see was fires starting up, you know, just right over the whole countryside was blaze. The houses are... Well, my house is completely destroyed now. And uh, a lot of the houses are badly
7: damaged. Oh, my God, it's terrible. And then sparks. And then the whole thing went dumb. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what... I don't know what was happening like. I just got frightened. Shaken I was.
3: We had a, a, a passionate... A passionate friendship. We... We knew each other well for 15 years until he was killed. And for the first eight of those years, we were not married. We were living sometimes in different places, different countries, having lives that were quite different and quite independent of one another. But through all of that, there was a kind of closeness, a kind of trust, pose a kind of respect that allowed us to carry on, that allowed us to be very much at home with one another and somehow apart from one another. But we cared so that it was possible. I cared for Peter as a person, as who he was in himself, as well as who he was to me. And
7: We made each other very happy. I met Peter and Elizabeth in New York in 1979, uh, right after I first moved there. And I would spend a lot of time with them at home, in their kitchen or in their living room or places like that. And sometimes we went to the opera together. Um, it seemed like uh, they were really close and and really in love. They always seemed really in love to me uh, and never um, You know how sometimes couples who have been together a long time can be kind of dismissive of each other in public or even insulting each other in public, and they never did that together, and I was always impressed. They always seemed like a, a happy couple to me, and not in a sentimental way, but in a really genuine way.
0: The search continues for casualties of the Pan Am jumbo jet disaster in Scotland. It's been confirmed that all 258 people on the Boeing 747 were killed when it disintegrated over Lockerbie and sections of it fell on the small town near Dumfries, starting a major blaze and wrecking many homes. Some reports say at least 15 people were killed on the ground.
8: I first met Elizabeth at an NCT class, antenatal class in January 87. Um and we were in this this quite run down social center um with a whole variety of, of types of women who were all also heav- heavily pregnant. Um and in the group we had to introduce ourselves. Briefly, and and say what we did. So then it came to Elizabeth's turn, and she was so... Well, she was obviously terribly American and had a really good, honest face and a very positive way of talking. And I knew instantly that, that I liked her, and from then on, our relationship just grew into something that that became... Very strong and and quite intimate. I first met Peter about two weeks after I met Elizabeth, and he was was almost a textbook expectant father. Incredibly proud of Elizabeth, and he kept sort of um, hold, holding her stomach and, and talking to this this huge lump, um, and it used to make me me and my husband really laugh because we didn't have that sort of relationship ourselves. Our passion and friendship
3: continued after we were married, but there was an unexpected addition. But what we hadn't expected to happen was this profound sense of family. It was for us a kind of state of state of grace. It was something that we shared long before our son was born. We had come together in some special kind of way as a family, and it was a, a strong place to live in, uh, something that I felt was bigger than either of us and bigger than the two of us together. I suppose it was a sense of belonging, and a sense of of future, and a sense of what together we could do in the world.
6: The huge search is starting up again at first light for the the remains of any of the passengers who may be scattered about in the hills. So far they've found just over 150. They are continuing to, to search, 60 of them were found in a local golf course. Now they're going to broaden the search out because some of the debris from the the plane has been found up to 100 miles away. There are, in in the hills beyond Lockerbie, they've found things like Christmas cards, gifts, cases, items of personal baggage. So there is a huge task facing the the searchers. And, of course, what they desperately need now, the air traffic investigators from Britain, from America who are here, the FBI officials from America who to do, they're going to have to systemat- systematically chart where each part of the aircraft is, where each body is. Some bodies were found in
5: Peter and Elizabeth were what you might call the cliché um, close couple. They were together as much as they possibly could be, and always did things together. They would go to dinner parties together, to parties together, every weekend they would have an excursion, particularly after Dermot's birth, after the birth of their son. Um, They would all speed off together on a Sunday and find something new and exciting and different to do. And I think they got an enormous amount of pleasure out of each other's pleasure in the world. Peter had an extraordinary capacity for enjoyment of things ordinary, things that other people simply expect to have in their lives every day. Um, And that, I think, lent their relationship a great zest for those of us who saw them together.
0: The Pan Am jumbo jet, which disintegrated over the Scottish town of Lockerbie on the 21st of December, was blown apart by a terrorist bomb. British Ministry of Defence scientists have found conclusive evidence that a device containing high-performance plastic explosives was responsible for the explosion. The bomb, thought to contain Semtex, is believed to have been hidden in a radio cassette recorder in luggage transferred at Frankfurt and stowed in the forward cargo hold of the Boeing 747. The discovery has sparked a worldwide hunt for the terrorists responsible for the bomb. This confirmation of sabotage brings the number of aircraft passengers and crew killed by bombs over the last three and a half years to 738.
3: It's really hard to describe for you the both the greatness of Peter and the everydayness of Peter. And it's really the everydayness that's so characteristic because in the smallest moments of day-to-day life, he expressed himself clearly. And I can remember my sister-in-law telling me a story about how Peter would fix a pot of tea for her children and prepare peanut butter on toast. And from that day on, whenever they had peanut butter on toast, it was like a celebration because it was what Peter had made for them some many months before. And he had the ability to transform a cup of tea into some sort of little celebration. It wasn't done in a fussy kind of way or in a forced way or even obvious way. It's just the way he went about himself and went about the day-to-dayness of life that was somehow a good time, somehow happy. And some now very much missed in the day-to-dayness of our lives
2: the pre
8: Elizabeth doesn't laugh as easily as she used to. She used to be a really light-hearted, but but in, intense and thoughtful, but she was a happy, essentially a very happy woman. And over the time, she's become more and more serious and her character's been consumed by the events that have happened to her. She's she's shown this tremendous determination and and strength of character that that I find incredible. And over the time she's she's changed her values, the values that she that she held as being really important before have changed, and the emphasis has changed, and she's just determined to, to try and find the truth, and and that her whole life revolves around that.
7: The first
1: uh, indication we got of something like this was an anonymous phone call to our embassy in uh, in Scan one of our embassies in Scandinavia. It was Helsinki, Uh, wasn't it? In Helsinki, yes. uh, That within two weeks, a bomb would be placed on a Pan Am flight out of Frankfurt. Immediately, we notified all of our embassies. We notified the Federal Aviation Administration. And uh, the Federal Aviation Administration, as well as the security people in our embassies, notified uh, all of the airlines uh, uh, in the European area.
3: When Peter was killed, I very... I realized or knew in myself that I had to embrace his death completely, that I needed to be as honest with it as I could manage to be. And that, for me, meant understanding every aspect of it, everything from understanding who did it, to who failed to prevent it, to the very final moments of his life and the circumstances of his death because if you love someone in life, you want to care for them in death. If Peter had suffered from a long illness, I would have been with him every moment of the way. And I had the same need to take care of him in this, the most violent of deaths. These needs were ignored and not understood we were told that we would not be allowed to see Peter's body. No relatives were allowed to see bodies of those who died on the crash. And I'm not alone in this desire to know the circumstances of Peter's death. And I'm not alone in this need, either among the Lockerbie relatives or relatives following other disasters?
7: She's depressed and um, older and she's been back and forth to Scotland many, many times. She's been back and forth to America uh, and and I, I think I think it's hard not having any place that's that's settled. I I I think. I think part I think part of what continues to be hard is not having any place that she feels is, is her home, really. Um. And li- life is heavier. Um. And and I try to understand that.
8: Yeah. The White House spokesman Marlin Fitzwater was unable to answer a barrage of questions. About why government employees were advised of the threat but not the public. And he cautioned against trying to fix the blame. At the moment, he said the focus was on the crash. A spokeswoman for the Federal Aviation Administration said they'd not, as a matter of policy, notified the public. A lot of times, these threats are merely from cranks, said the spokeswoman. So why scare people unnecessarily? Pan Am said that they'd received notification from various sources that there was the possibility of a threat against their airline and they'd immediately acted and put supplementary security procedures in effect, not only at Frankfurt, but at airports around the world. But the spokeswoman declined to say what extra steps were taken.
3: I tried to learn as much as possible about the circumstances of Peter's death and was repeatedly told that he had died instantly, which I never believed for a number of reasons. I just didn't believe that 279 people would die at the same moment. And a limited understanding of physics would tell one that people would die in relation to their proximity to the crash and the way the plane broke up and And I knew that photographs had been taken of Peter as he lay in the field in Tundergarth, which is where his, his body was found. Tundergarth is a, a rural area, a farm about three miles outside of Lockerbie. And it's uh, an area that I've come to know well, and I have often gone to the place where his body came to earth, and recently I've been able to see the photographs that I have been arguing for for so long, it was a very important thing for me to do and a very healing thing for me to do because of this need of taking care, of bearing witness, of being with Peter, or of understanding how his life ended and in some way I feel freer for having done this and I understand that many people would find this very difficult to understand and sort of macabre or as though I was trying to punish myself in some way And for me, this is just not true. This is not the case. My choice is certainly not for everyone. But I think I should be free to make such a choice and to make such a decision and not to have to wait so long and to have gone, waded through such bureaucracy and the obstacles of officialdom. I feel that I and members of my family should have, in consultation with ourselves and with those that we chose to discuss it have come to a decision about whether or not we wanted to have seen peter or seen these photographs and have that request met quietly and readily for surely his death is our death and it's really up to us to decide And for me now, there is some sense of that the first stage is now closing, that what I had understood had happened to Peter, I now have as much information as is available to understand how he died and what the moment of, of impact was for him. And that's what I needed. I, I know that, you know, that, that it was, that even these photographs would be limited in what they would be able to tell me, but they've helped me. And, um, he didn't die until he hit the ground. I always thought that. And I know now he didn't die. What killed him was that field.
8: <clears throat>
3: Peter's death is something that I have never wanted to hide from. There is no place to hide. There is nowhere on earth to go. And I needed to know as much about it as Possible. And it was a senseless delay. It was a senseless prolonging of human suffering to make someone wait nearly two years for something which has been sitting there since late December of 1988.
5: I think, Elizabeth is, must be, a transformed person. Um, I would think that she could not be otherwise. Um, She's clearly a sadder person than she was. Um, I think there's obviously a greater sense of melancholy about her than there was in the past. Because he, with his great vibrant love for life and zest, Um, isn't there to, to help buoy her up and help her face the world in the way that we all need someone else to help us face the world. And I think that must be very hard.
3: I'm often asked what would give me peace of mind. And this is a very difficult question to answer because my loss as a woman has been so complete that it's very hard for me to quietly tell someone what would make me feel better. There is only one thing that would really make me feel better, and that's the impossible thing. But when something like this happens to you, I think you, you kind of have a choice, and each of us is left to their individual choice. You either take yourself away to a remote place and try and rebuild your life quietly in solitude and perhaps in rural isolation. Or you fight back, and I suppose I'm a fighter and have chosen to address the issues very directly and as honestly as possible. And in terms of what would satisfy m- me and and where I would feel that my my questions of the last two years had been answered, would be if in regard to the terrorists, if the operatives who placed the bomb on the plane on the night of the 21st, if those people were named and prosecuted, if even more importantly, those organizations and those countries who gave them refuge and financial support were named and isolated in the form of economic sanctions. And next, the, the, the other area that would give me some peace of mind is if I felt that within, particularly within the British government, because for me it, it remains critical that wherever the bomb came from, whoever made it, whoever caused this to happen, that flight took off from Heathrow Airport on December 21st, 1988. And all the luggage had been transferred from a variety of flights onto a 747, which was standing on the tarmac at Heathrow Airport. So therefore, the critical moment occurred at Heathrow. And something that has yet to happen is is a full, open examination of what happened that night. And then the third area of concern has been the way in which the human dimension, the way in which people who have lost a member of their family are treated and an understanding of what their needs are. They're currently seen as part of the problem and something which is in the way and not accepted as of crucial importance, time-critical importance.
4: I think, though, for the future, one of the most important things is for all our family is to if you like, come to terms with Peter's loss, it will never go away and he'll be with us all for the rest of our lives, certainly with me. Um, I think it's very important, though, for it to become not psychologically damaging to any member of the family and I would like to see, in particular, Elizabeth and Dermot settle down and try and live their own life from now on in whatever way they can and and we can with them because... um, you know, they must have a life for the future. And um, I hope that happens.
3: The whole notion of reconstructing a life... It is very difficult because I feel a flare of resentment that what's being inferred, for this is a question that is increasingly asked of me that it's time to somehow forget and go on. And this is, for me, not possible. What I need to do is not forget or obliterate the past in some way, but learn how it is that I can take Peter with me. Because Peter is with me now and will move with me for the rest of my life. And it comes right back to who Peter is, because Peter has such a spirit, such joy for life, that on in his name, I would never give up on life. It would be... inappropriate, it would be wrong, it would be a misunderstanding, it would be another travesty. And what I'm now trying to do is see how to take him with me, how to move on. I I think that one thing that's been a help all along is that our little boy has been here, and his needs have always been vocal, and they have always come first so that, in the first months, while I was waiting for that terrible moment when I was going to completely fall apart, I now realized that I, I never did and never would, because it, because of the loss I had my loss was complete as a wife, as a lover, as a friend, and the only. Thing left to me that is truly of Peter is being a mother and the mother of our child who is a terrific little boy who speaks often of his father and who understands in his own way as a three-year-old what has happened
0: The destruction of Pan Am Flight 103, the Boeing 747, which disintegrated in mid-air over Lockerbie on the 21st of December 1988, could have been prevented, according to the report of the United States Presidential Commission on Aviation Security and Terrorism. Following its nine-month inquiry into the Lockerbie disaster... The Commission has made more than 60 recommendations for international and domestic airline security, for compensation for victims and their families, and for interagency cooperation. It is severely critical of the US Federal Aviation Administration and of Pan Am, which it accuses of complacency before and after the disaster. The report criticises Pan Am for failing physically to search and reconcile inter-airline baggage destined for Flight 103, It also criticises the Federal Aviation Administration's failure to enforce its own requirement that all unaccompanied baggage be physically searched. It does not, however, name any countries as sponsors of terrorism or assign blame for the Lockerbie bombing.
3: This is Tundergarth Parish and here is Tundergarth Church and the churchyard is here and on the far side of the road just over that stone wall is the field in which the cockpit landed. I think that that image of the cockpit in a Scottish field is a image that many people know and it's just opposite this small church. And since the disaster, the people of Tundergarth and Lockerbie have rebuilt this bathy, which is a small building, I think used, in fact, to maintain the churchyard and to hold gravediggers' tools, has been rebuilt as a place of remembrance for the people who died that night. Peter's funeral was held in this church, And I came and stood in this graveyard on December 24th when I first came to Lockerbie. As I drove up this hill, I just knew that Peter had been nearby and I still feel him very much when I'm in this place. And we had his funeral here and he was found not far from here on the hillside just off in that direction about three quarters of a mile walking from here
2: And I'm warden by...
3: plane, that plane is on the path that is very similar to the one that Pan Am 103 was, I imagine, taking at night.
5: If you enjoyed this documentary, you might like to listen to our other Documentary
0: on One productions. Visit rte.ie forward doc on one.